Hello and welcome to this all new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. I am producer and technical director Jack Rossiter Munley. And very quickly before we get into the episode, I just wanted to mention as always that Poetry Spoken Here is produced by Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated, a small digital production company making podcasts about poetry, literature, and cultural history. You can find out more about Poetry Spoken Here and all of the other Cardboard Box Productions podcasts at cardboardboxproductionsinc.com. And, most excitingly, Cardboard Box Productions also has a newsletter called Unboxed that you can subscribe to, and that's a great place to get more information about the poets and writers featured on Poetry Spoken Here, and the people, poems, and subjects featured on all of the other Cardboard Box shows. So again, that's the newsletter Unboxed that you can subscribe to from CardboardBoxProductionsInc.com. On with the show. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is a most interesting poet and person. Chun Yu was born in China. She's an award-winning poet, graphic novelist, scientist, and translator. She's the author of the award-winning memoir in free verse, Little Green, Growing Up During the Chinese Cultural Revolution. She also has a graphic novel, in progress. She is a recipient of a San Francisco Arts Commission cultural equity grant for her bilingual poetry and an individual artist grant for her graphic novel project about Chinese American immigration, which is in progress. She works with a very interesting project created with fellow poet Michael War, and that is called Two Languages, One Community, which brings Chinese American and African American communities together through poetry and storytelling. She happens to have a PhD in chemistry, but we're not gonna be really talking about that today. We're gonna be talking about the poetry and the two languages, one community project. So Chunyu, I'm so glad you could do this. Thank you so much for inviting me. And and actually, I'd like to to start by uh, letting people know about two languages, one community, because it seems to me it's something that could happen other places if people were, were wondering, how, what, how do you do that? What's that? So what is it? <laughs> yes, uh, this is, uh, I mean, happened, this program happened so uh, spontaneously. Um, San Francisco Public Library um, has a poetry ser- series, and it's actually the Friends of the Public Library. Um, which is hosted by uh, Jack Hirschman, the, the previous poet laureate of San Francisco. Michael and I both are poets invited by that program. So we met in the program. So he um, always wanted he, his work to be translated into Chinese. Mm-hmm. And now he saw this, this person who does poetry in both. So he approached <laughs> me, we, we immediately started collaborating. And, and, uh, uh, and so, and then, you know, it's, we learn so much about each other's culture mm-hmm. and history. Um, and, um, and then we, we, you know, look at each other and say, why don't we put our, you know, connect our communities together with the same yeah. process? So we bring Chinese American and African American communities together with poetry writing and storytelling. 
So we first did a series of workshops with uh, the Oakland Asian um, Art Center. Um, we invited writers from both communities and many of them are actually our community leaders. We we're really honored to be working with them. We put a book together called Catch Memory, Two Languages, One Community. And then we also worked with the Chinese Culture Center of San Francisco and the MOAD um, and also uh, um, the Michael used to be the executive director of MOAD um, Museum. So they also um, supported our effort um, for some of the events. And then um, just we did last year, we did so many events because of the Black Lives Matter movement and mm -hmm. also Asians were facing attacks and discriminations because of a whole COVID-19 and, and, and the political situations. <laughs> we, as yeah. we all know, it was an extremely difficult year, but we did bring our poetry and, and our project to the public, um, which we are continuing, you know, and we still continue doing um, that. So mm -hmm. you, you, you had a couple of institutions that were willing to come along with the idea. Yeah, yeah. And then that they, way you could do workshops and then have a place to do or a sponsor for readings, let's say, because now you're online, of course. Right. That's super. But nowadays with Zoom, actually, right. you know, everyone has so much flexibility. You you don't need a physical space. You can just do it. Right. You know, with even a small group, we started with two people, two poets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we brought it to, to yeah. the public and to it's, whoever is interested. We are looking, I mean, we are constantly looking for people who are interested in collaborating or who, or who are interested in starting their own two languages, one community project. Right. So, well, maybe somebody out there listening to be uh, interested in doing something like this. I would immediately thought about Chicago where I used to live and thought, whoa, mm -hmm. I mean, there's such an opportunity to try to bring disparate groups together. Uh, yeah, in a, in a city, like a big city, especially. So, uh, well, who knows? Maybe somebody you want to follow this lead. Just uh, uh, your website is chunyu.org. C-H-U-N-Y-U.org. I'm sure you can contact Chunyu through her website if you yeah. have any questions and want to learn more about uh, all this sort of thing. Also, okay. we have our project has a website. It's simply oh, yeah. two languages, one community.com. There you go. No space, yeah. That's easy enough. Two languages, one community.com. Yes. Wonderful. Well, let's hear a poem. <laughs> okay. So today, the first poem I'm going to read is called The Map. Um, I, you know, this is still during Chinese New Year. And I, uh, because of the COVID 19 situation, I cannot go home to visit my parents. Um, I'm, I'm actually quite heartbroken for that. Yeah. I haven't seen them for a whole year um, because I came back last year. My mom was in the hospital and I came back, traveled through the lockdown, first lockdown in China um, to back here for my Chinese culture center event of the two languages, one community commitment yeah. <laughs> I fulfilled, but uh, as a result, I couldn't go home. But um, uh, so, I traveled really far from home to, to be in this country. And I'm 
very close to my parents. Um, whenever um, like I go home, if I go out, my parents will check a map, even in the same city or just a few streets over where they live. They want to know where, where I um, was going. So that image really stayed with me and uh, I knew there was a poem there. So, yeah. and I, so I give you this poem both in English and Chinese. Beautiful. The map. When I was born, your bosom was the map. I occupied all of it in your cradling arms. When I began to walk, your eyes sight was a map. I learned my steps, toddling and waddling in your adoring gaze. When I started school, your mind became the map. I ventured out and back from morning to night in your unceasing care. When I grew up and left home, from hometown to other towns, home country to other countries, your heart became the map. I searched far and wide, high and low, for my direction and a place in the world, in your loving thoughts. Each time I set out for a journey, you asked for my destination, studied an open map, accurately locating the point of my being. Then one day, you picked up a magnifying glass, eyes moving closer and closer, hands trembling more and more. Finally, at a loss, no longer seeing clearly the lines and the points on the map, you hold me in your heart. Growing older and older, you can now only walk in my eyesight, fumbling steps, every trip outside, an adventure. From now on, I will walk by your side so you can lean on me when you are, we are, when we are at a loss, not knowing where to go, love is the map. Hmm. Lovely. And you're going to read that in Chinese? Yes, I'll read I, that in Chinese. As I mentioned to you, I, folks, I, I actually think this is the best way to listen to a poem in a language you don't understand. <laughs> Audio only, because then you really hear the sounds and the accent and the pronunciation, and it's just... You let it wash over you. Yeah. So we'll do Thank that. Thank you. I agree. Yeah. So okay. the map in Chinese. Ditu 我在那地图中摇摇学步，在你的注视中。上学时
，我走出了家门，你的脑海是一张地图，我在那地图中朝出暮归，在你的牵挂中。长大后，我离开了家，从故乡到外乡，从祖国到异国，你的心是一张地图。我在那地图中摸索方向，寻找位置，在你的想念中。每当我开始一个旅程，你总会打开一张地图，询问我的去处，时时准确地找到我的所在。后来，你拿起了放大镜，眼睛离地图。越来越近，手抖得越来越厉害，终于茫然中，你已经看不清地图上的点与线。我在你的心里，渐行渐慢。有一天，你只能在我的目光里蹒跚。每一次出行都是一场冒险。从此，我将把你搀扶在我的臂弯。当我们茫然、不知所向，爱是一张地图。Thank you. Thanks for doing it two ways. <laughs> And our listeners out there who speak Chinese will appreciate that. <laughs> right. And this poem was. First published in China in Xinhua on Xinhua Daily,、uh -huh. um, on the newspaper. It's a state newspaper, and then it was published here and on poems of the、uh, poem of the day、mm -hmm. of the San Francisco Public Library for Father's Day. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess they couldn't turn that one down. <laughs> Not for that. Whoa. So do you?、Uh, so your your upcoming graphic novels. One is. History of China. One is history of Chinese immigration, and that's well, you know, that's kind of factual and prose, of course.、Mm -hmm. And、uh, what do you have any themes with your poetry? I'm wondering, or do you just write、um, what comes to you?、Uh, it's um, it's very broad. <laughs>、okay. I write about Chinese American stories, and I write about signs too, and、uh, then I write about a lot of. History and the culture and the spirituality too, in connection with all of it.、Mm -hmm. Spirituality in connection with our history and and the science and technology is so important. We cannot turn our our eyes away from it.、Um, so yeah, and so I cannot. I mean, these are reoccurring themes, but it's I keep everything open. You know, poetry、yeah. just. Come to you. I get that. I know some poets who <laughs> write about a certain thing a whole lot, and I personally can't do it. And I think, well, gee, they get really well known because that's the guy who writes about feet or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever theme it is, justice, whatever.、Uh, but、um, I'm, I'm like you. I just what comes comes, and there's a connection because one person writes it. And as you said, spirituality is. Well, that permeates everything. If you kind of notice that it does, right? I think. 
if a if a poem comes together, there is spirituality behind it, and you don't just you don't have to straightforward say I'm talking about spirituality. It's everywhere. I completely agree with you, Charlie. <laughs> well, well, give us an example. Uh, okay, poem. so let's. Uh, this one um, poem I want to share with you is called "The Lighthouse." Um, at you know, it's about the lighthouse at Point Bonita of Marine Headlands. I don't know if you ever traveled here. Haven't been there. Not today. But when you come, but, I will bring yeah. you there. Okay. So this lighthouse, like, I've visited a, a couple of times before I know the history behind it. I always feel something, there is something very special about it. And I made an attempt to write a poem, first draft of poem. Then I met a ranger uh, and who told me, and it was, it's not recorded by most likely a fact that the tunnel, the very long dark tunnel, you know, chiseled through this really dark rock is, Built was built by Chinese laborers after they built the railway. Hmm. So it was dug through by hand hand tools, and because the rocks was so so loose, and so you uh -huh. you will be risking collapsing all the time. Nobody wanted the job, but the Chinese laborers and after the railway building, they were actually unwanted, and it was really a sad history. And many hmm. of their fellow laborers, laborers, they actually died and was buried along the railway, and but they were never acknowledged. It was not even on the railway company's record. Ooh. So, you know, in, in the Chinese New Year, we think about our ancestors and also the generations before us. As a first generation immigrant, I'm completely aware the history that was before me, that the hard struggles and the yeah. endless effort they made in order for us to be here today. I really cherish that. So, and there's, everybody knows that Chinese Exclusion Act yeah. of 1882, <clears throat> um, which basically did not allow Chinese laborers to immigrate here. And it was appealed only in 1943 during World War II, but even then, only 105 Chinese were allowed to enter the country per year, and the women were banned from immigrating. So these previous generations, they left their families in China, and they were here along those who managed to stay. And so I want to give this poem to them and all of the generations before me who fought for what we have today. The Lighthouse, Point Bonita, Marine Headlands. An iron door opens to a dark tunnel through a giant rock chiseled a long time ago by bare hands and hand tools, hands that came from across the ocean, hands that chiseled through the continent, hands that build the railroads trans-America, a land these hands touched deeply, a land these hands died for, a land these hands survived, a land these hands grow to love 
and wanted to make home. The headland of the continent, America, a giant dark rock probing into the vast water. One side the raging ocean, the other side the calm bay. Entering the tunnel, the narrow pass, my mind. Engulfed by darkness and unknowing, floats in the suddenly edgeless universe. All senses seem lost, except one: that the world is split. One side the homeland, one side the land of home. Until after arriving at the end of the tunnel. I see on tip of the rock the end of the headland, bare in rain and the wind, fog and the cloud, sun and the moon, is a lighthouse standing above the raging Pacific, like a heart beating to shine for both shores.、Hmm. That、Thank、brings、you. it together at the end. <laughs> Those last lines, well,、yes. yeah. There's so much. I'm very much looking forward to your graphic novels because I'm sure <laughs> there are a lot of details that I, like so many people, do not know. I totally never heard of this tunnel, and you know, of course, these people did the most dangerous jobs because that's all they could get, I suppose. Right. They wanted the job. Get in there and with your hand pick and start dig, digging in a mountain. It's just—it's a crazy notion to just say it, but it was their reality, right? And it could collapse, engulf them any、yeah. moment. It—it it, you know, I can pick like even I go around that area, I can pick up the, the you know I can just pick up something from you know chisel with my hand. It's、right. it's really highly dangerous, yeah.、Ooh. Job. Whoa. And they probably get paid next to nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just exploitation. Well,、mm -hmm. we um we, we actually just about have time for one more poem. So I think yes, maybe that would be good to get people get another sample、yes. of what you do. Yeah, this is a poem is called "A Drop." It's about my experience, and I feel it's many Americans' experience voting last year. Me,、yeah. you know, many millions of us dropping our ballot in into this ocean. So I. So it also came as a drop, and as I thought about the process, so a drop. I drop it like a drop of water into the ocean. Will it be counted? Will it count? This only drop I have in the year 2020, a year of too many difficulties to count. Is a drop in which my future lies, with a million uncertainties, and a million fears and hopes, just like every other drop in the ocean of ballots dropped by each American as winter arrives in a year of too many heartbreaks to count. The ocean is splitting. In raging storms, and each side says our boat will be crushed and sunk. 
if the other side wins. I drop it, my ballot of 2020, like a drop of water into the raging ocean, and hope it will be counted, and it will count as a drop, as a drop which floats the boat, carrying us all. I'm sure a lot of people share that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, we are. Our boat is floating. <laughs> yeah, right. Our boat is floating for the moment. This is good. <laughs>、um, we did win the election. <laughs> I know. It's floating in the direction we want it to float. Also, many、yes. of us. It must float. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that's wonderful. Well, do you have any? Have any?、Uh, When you teach, well, to ask you something, even though you're not primarily a poetry teacher, when you do a workshop, what do you try to emphasize to people? What do you tell them they should do if they want to write poems?、Um, I mean, the most important thing is、um, to write really from your heart, to not to be worried about in what kind, what form. You know,、um, the form will come to you. It's just a, it's a tool, including languages. Languages are tools for、uh -huh. us to express ourselves. So, if I was too concerned of those things, I would never have started writing in English as a poet. I mean, given my training as a scientist,、uh -huh. and I had no training in creative writing, I just simply do. <laughs> or be just be the poet and just just let it flow, and so that's my sounds like great advice. advice. That's it. That's it. Be yourself. Be sincere. Do it, and、yeah. uh, see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> and you don't have to like everything you write. <laughs> no, you don't. And but also write about something you deeply care for. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you have to care for it first. First, you have yourself have, have to be moved by it before you can move other people.、Yes. That is a golden rule in poetry, I think. Perfect. <laughs> well, that, that's great advice to end on. I'm so happy you could be here, folks. You're listening to Poetry Spoken here. I'm your host Charlie Rossiter, and our guest has been Chun Yu, talking to us from California. And don't forget, she's got that two languages, one community project that you might want to learn more about or start one in your community. So, so glad you could be here. Thank you so much, Charlie. Okay, folks, and join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com/poetryspokenhere. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/poetryspokenhere. For more about today's show and other poetry spoken here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. 
If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com.